0: And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. One of the interesting topics that keeps coming up as Packer fans in particular are going through the mock draft process. The Draft Network has a very cool mock draft simulator. You could do it 10 times and get 10 very different results. And that's what makes it fun. It also means that you send me a lot of your thoughts and it means that when I share my thoughts, I get a lot of feedback because it's very easy for everyone to go in these mock draft machines and do their mocks. And one topic that comes up over and over again, is the running back position for the Packers. And it seems as if the fan base is somewhat split between understanding or or believing that the Packers are not going to sign both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams next offseason, that they're going into the, the final years of their deal. There is a belief among some fans that Aaron Jones is a holdout threat, though I, I don't personally believe that. And that the Packers should be looking at potential running back replacements, or at the very least, a troop's reinforcement. Looking at finding a way to bolster the running back position. And there is this other group of fans who are going to say there are too many other important positions too many other positions where players could come in and be starting linebacker receiver defensive line offensive tackle all of this stuff and so using a pick on a running back particularly a high pick doesn't make sense now i am kind of straddling both camps i think it's important that we understand the the situation green bay is in aaron jones had a star-turn season for the Packers in 2019. Matt LaFleur came in and found so many new ways to use him, ways that Mike McCarthy never even dreamed of, and unlocked a player who has become one of the elite playmakers in our game. He can do it on the ground. He can do it through the air and not just in the screen game or the swing game. He can can be out there running routes, running double moves even, and create big plays down the field. There are only a handful of running backs in the league who can do that and then add on top of everything he gives you in the, the run game with the outside zone, his ability to break off chunk plays. Aaron Jones is a special football player. Now we can have a bigger discussion about what his value is and when Green Bay should effort to sign him to a contract if they should do that at all. Jamal Williams is seen as clearly the inferior player. There's no question about that. I think if you ask those two guys, they understand their roles on these teams. I'm sure they would never say, oh yeah, Jamal's not as good, but they understand that their roles are different. Jamal Williams, an excellent blocking back he can be useful in the passing game. He's not as dynamic with the ball in his hands, not as quick to break off chunk plays and create plays down the field in the passing game, but a very solid running back who fits this scheme well, who, who adds to the positive culture in Green Bay, something that they have really built up over the last 6, 8, 10, 12 months. Those are important parts of a football team, and they make this offense— as, as potent as it is, one of the best run games in the league and one of the few teams who was highly successful throwing the ball to the running back last year. It's weird getting used to saying last year versus this year, but, but we're here. It's 2020, last year. On the other hand, Jamal Williams was a fourth-round pick. Aaron Jones was a fifth-round pick you can find running backs. Running backs are the most replaceable asset in the sport. And yes, there have been first round, second round, third round picks who have come in and played well, and they've added value to their team, and they've been good. But they're not worth high pick investments in my opinion. I'm not taking a a running back in the first round almost under any circumstances. I mean, it's, It's close to where I would just be like, nope. It's just not worth it because, again, you can find good ones on day three. You can find good ones undrafted. You can find good ones just about anywhere. Running backs grow on trees in the NFL. So how do you find that balance? So I think if it were me, if I were the one pulling the strings here, my perspective would be this. Aaron Jones is the kind of player you consider paying. You don't have to pay him top-of-market money. If he wants Ezekiel Elliott money, God bless him, he can get that somewhere else. If I were making the call. Now, it would be a difficult call. It would be a hard thing to say because he is such an integral part of the team, such a positive force in the locker room, and with fans, beloved among fans now. And and I think part of that comes from the free Aaron Jones movement. He is an extremely valuable player. Someone like Jamal Williams, you can find someone on the field to replicate what he brings. Now, their bond, that's not replicable. That adds a different dimension of this, the personal side. Now, what is it going to cost to bring back a backup running back? Probably not that much. If he wants to be a feature back, Green Bay is not going to pay him like a feature back. If he's okay not being that and getting paid like a secondary runner, Green Bay could find a way to bring back both. That said... It seems unlikely that they would even have an appetite to do that. Depending on what the numbers are. Now if if Aaron Jones takes a deep discount cuz he wants, you know, Jamal Williams to get some money and he wants them to play together, God bless them by all means. Have that that would, you know, that would be a millennial thing to do in some ways. I'd rather play with my friends than make more money. Millennials are doing this. This is a thing. And at the same time, this is a draft where There are plenty of running backs, as there is seemingly every year, but this is a particularly solid year for runners. And there there are not the the flashy guys at the top. There is no Zeke Elliott in this draft. But there's J.K. Dobbins. There's Jonathan Taylor. There's Cam Akers. There's all of these players who are going to go first, second, third, fourth round. You don't even need to allocate that much capital. To the running back position. You can wait until round four, round five, round six, and you get a Dexter Williams. Maybe they think he can come in and, and be something. We don't we didn't see any indication of that in 2019 because the, the one time we thought he was going to be elevated because Green Bay didn't have any backs, they're bringing guys off the street. And they I don't know if it's they just don't trust Dexter Williams or what the situation is there. I am I'm still very much a fan of the talent and the explosive ability that Dexter Williams has, he needs to make sure he has the playbook learned, that he has the the trust of the coaches and the quarterback to be out there. That is the big thing for him this offseason, and it's great that he's going to have the opportunity to go through a full offseason, to, to learn the playbook fully or more fully. You hope that he learned it, but to, to get a comfort level with it, and now he can go out this, this spring and show that he is a capable, trustworthy running back. That would make Green Bay's options more robust. And this is another part of this. If they draft someone, especially if they draft someone, let's say, third or fourth round, and they're a very talented player, and they come in and they play well, it makes it easier to say, okay, current running back's on the roster. If you want to get paid like stars or like starters in the case of Jamal Williams— here is this other guy who we think can be just as good as you, maybe better than you. Or in the case of Aaron Jones, he can he can give them 80% of of what Aaron gives them. Maybe. This is all hypothetical, of course. But it puts Green Bay in a better position. I think running backs are the kind of are the kind of asset that every like a quarterback, maybe every two or three years, probably every two years, and maybe even every year, frankly. You just take someone on day three or you bring in a priority free agent and you just see what hits because there's always going to be some talent hidden somewhere that you can find that is a good fit for your system and can somewhat out of nowhere really bring some pop to your offense. And if you need a little bit more pop in the bedroom, BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them any time, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra Function to enhance his performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So, no in person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code locked on. Just pay the shipping. Again, that's Blue Chew, blue like the color blue, chew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. And speaking of adding a little pop, how would you like to add a little extra pop in your wallet, take your sports knowledge, and turn it into cash at my bookie. Between the football season, NBA, the start of college basketball, and we're beyond the start now, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action with my Bookie, Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Aren't you tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game where it belongs. And right now, MyBookie will make it easy for you because they will give you that deposit bonus match. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code Locked On. And they will give you money. A casino is giving you money for giving them some money to put down on bets. Take that extra money and go do your thing at mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. So I got this note on the Locked on Packers fan hotline. It's from Eric in San Diego. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? The backup QB position has been talked about a lot this season, and taking a quarterback in the first round has been suggested. Eric says he really likes Love, as in Jordan Love. But what about investigating Josh Rosen's availability? He hasn't been a ringing success for either Miami or Arizona, but I still believe in that talent. Miami is clearly moving on, has cap space, and needs offensive line help. Could a Lane Taylor for Josh Rosen trade be possible? And what would you think of that as a solution? See what Rosen can do in the system and learn from Rodgers. Give him a couple years to see if he can be the heir apparent. If not, then draft a QB high. If yes, then you have your QB for the next decade or so. Thanks for the quality content week in and week out. And I'll stay locked on Packers. This was something that we talked about on the show last year. It's something that I mentioned on Twitter a bunch. And I don't know. Why the Dolphins are keeping Josh Rosen. It doesn't make sense to me uh, because they are not going to play him. And it seems like Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to again be the quarterback in Miami. And I understand Brian Flores, he he did an awesome job in Miami this season. But they're not going to be good again. And why not have a guy who is only counting 2 million on your cap this year and a little under 3 million on the cap next year with with first round pedigree we're talking about you know a guy who is a top 10 top 15 player in his draft class that is major talent and and I thought Josh Rosen was the best quarterback in that draft now maybe I was wrong about that and he has certainly not looked like that in his brief pro career but he's also been in two trash fire situations and not been given a lot to work with the offensive lines have been terrible the the schemes have been ugly so what are you really supposed to get from a guy who you know has a different offensive coordinator every year and is still trying to to make his way in the NFL I like the idea of Josh Rosen as a backup it doesn't really work though with the heir apparent thing. It just doesn't because he's only under contract the next two seasons. He's under contract in 2020 and 2021. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in 2020 and 2021. So as a developmental play, I don't know that he makes sense for Green Bay when you're going to have to sign him to a contract and not really have seen him play meaningful games, or at least you don't want him to play meaningful games. Now, the cost is low, Lane Taylor, and worst case scenario, you have a quarterback that you feel good about playing, assuming that is the case, of course, uh, a couple games if Aaron Rodgers does get hurt. And I have been on record many times saying I don't really care who the backup quarterback is because if Aaron Rodgers goes down, they're probably in trouble. Aaron Rodgers is not the kind of quarterback that you need to Ryan Tannehill. You don't need to have a guy back there so that in case he gets hurt or in case he sucks, you have to go to the other guy. This is not Mitch Trubisky. Okay, so a developmental guy for Aaron Rodgers at this point in their careers, respectively, I don't know that it makes sense. Now, if they they had the fifth-year option, then maybe – it gives you a little bit more flexibility there, but then you're going to have to pay him a boatload in that fifth year, and then it it all sort of unravels from there. So it's really not a great position for the Packers if they're looking at Josh Rosen. The cost, yeah, great. Lane Taylor is a player they're probably not going to use. It's someone that they're going to get off money, and transactionally they would save money in that trade. But what are they really getting? I just don't know that the upside with Rosen, and and I think the upside is immense, is going to show up. You want Aaron Rodgers to play 16 games. If you could say, Josh Rosen, when Aaron Rodgers decides that he's done, you're going to be the quarterback and you could just wave a magic wand, that works. But you can't do that. So what I think makes more sense for the Packers, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. Drafting a, a quarterback this year would make some sense given the timeline for the Packers because Aaron Rodgers, for at least three more seasons, is the quarterback in all likelihood, barring, you know, catastrophic injury, something like that. And, and that's not crazy. You hope it doesn't happen. But even if you're going to use a second, a third, a fourth, that quarterback would at least have that fourth year on his contract. And then if it's a first-round pick, you have that fifth year. So you have team control over this guy right now is when you start talking about drafting the heir apparent. You don't have it doesn't have to be this year, but it does need to be a guy who's going to be under contract beyond 2021 because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback in all likelihood in 2021 and 2022. Having to extend Josh Rosen and maybe you decide he he is worth the Teddy Bridgewater money. He's worth, you know, paying the the 10, the 12, the 14 million to be the backup because Aaron Rodgers is close to retirement in three years or something like that. The, the Saints are going to have a decision to make this offseason. Taysom Hill is a free agent. Drew Brees is a free agent. Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent. They don't have any quarterbacks under contract. What happens there? There are certainly going to be some Packer fans who say, hey, sign Taysom Hill to be the backup. Taysom Hill might want to be a starter somewhere, and there was this ridiculous report. Not that the report is ridiculous, but this ridiculous assumption in the report that apparently there are people in the Saints organization who believe Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback. Taysom Hill, who turns 30 this year and was returning kicks and playing tight end for the Saints last year. Okay, sure, that guy is a franchise quarterback, him and Tim Tebow. The idea of someone like Marcus Mariota, that makes sense. It's a veteran backup, he knows the offense, and if you need him to start three, four games... He can do that. You trust him. He's a veteran. He can he can hold down the fort. If you feel strongly about having a backup quarterback and I don't, then he is someone who makes sense. There are going to be veterans out there that can give you something in that department. And I'm not I'm not like deadly opposed to it. I just don't think it's the best use of your resources. Generally speaking, veteran backup quarterbacks cost money, and it's money Green Bay needs. Green Bay needs to re-sign Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari and maybe Aaron Jones, depending on the situation. Maybe they want to restructure some other players. There's a there's a lot of other moving pieces, and to spend money on a, a backup doesn't make sense to me. I think if you're going to do that, and what you really want is just a backup, fourth round, draft a quarterback. And then if you don't... And this is, of course, assuming... That they don't take Jordan Love, they don't take Jake Fromm, or Jacob Eason, or one of these other guys. They're going to have these options. I I don't know that I like any of them better than Josh Rosen just from a, a pure talent standpoint. I still think Josh Rosen is immensely talented. I don't buy so many of the criticisms that have been leveled at him, and I will continue to defend him as a player. I think a smart team should go get him. I think the Patriots should have already traded for him because I think that's a no-brainer for them. I think the Colts should trade for him. I think that's a no-brainer for them. There are plenty of teams who could benefit from having Josh Rosen on their roster, and if the Dolphins are not going to use him, a smart team should trade for him. It just doesn't make that much sense for it to be the Packers as an heir apparent. He could come in and be a backup, but if I were Josh Rosen, I'd want to be somewhere else because a backup is all he's going to be in Green Bay. All right, let's finish up here with this. The Packers made a hire. We have coaching news to discuss. The Packers hired Jerry Gray, uh, the former Vikings defensive backs coach, and Jerry Gray's resume is pretty great. He is a former first-round pick, played in the league, uh, coached Sean Taylor early in his career, Coached Harrison Smith with the Vikings, coached Earl Thomas as a rookie, who was awesome as a rookie, Uh, you know, helped turn Anthony Harris into one of the best safeties in football. And he's a heck of a coach. And so, can he come in and, and help mold Darnell Savage, who was inconsistent as a rookie? needs to stay healthy, needs to take some better tackling angles, but has all the, the raw tools you want, the twitchiness, the athleticism, the, the playmaking ability, the instincts. If he can be molded, he can really be turned into something, uh, I think, special in this defense. And, and, and Jerry Gray could be the coach to help with that. I know that the cornerback play there has not been great. Xavier Rhodes took a big step back. I don't see any reason to believe that it it is poor coaching. Uh, though Mike Zimmer is one of the best coaches in football, he's an excellent defensive backs coach as well. Uh, and and if he can't get those guys to play well, I don't think it's it's the coach's fault. It's that those guys just aren't very good. Um, and and with Xavier Rhodes, you know, look, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in a in a professional athlete's life. Their mind, you just. Sometimes you're not in it. Sometimes you're not playing with confidence. Sometimes you're, you're just out of sync. I mean, we've all been there with work where you just, you go to the office and you just go, oh, what am I doing? Or I can't do anything right. Or you just, you lose that, that confidence to execute. And it happens to professional athletes too. This is a coach with pedigree who can come in and you hope bring some perspective to these young players. This is a very young secondary and, and Tremont Williams, we'll see what his future is with the Packers. But Adrian Amos is a young player. Darnell Savage is a young player. Raven Green, Ibrahim Campbell, those are safety linebacker hybrid types. But you you would assume that Gray would spend some time with them as well. And then this is a young, a young defensive backfield in the secondary as well. Kevin King, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, Kadar Holman. Those are the foundational pieces of your secondary moving forward. And to be able to find a coach as experienced and, and a guy who's, who's coached some really good defensive players and on some really good defensive teams, it is pretty great to, to add that person to your staff. I know that there are a lot of Packer fans who are not thrilled about the Mike Patton reunion, not stoked to have him back, but this is a, a positive development, I think, in the offseason in terms of the coaching of the defense because Jerry Gray is a respected coach an experienced coach, and someone who you hope can, can take the talent on this team and mold it the way that we've seen the talent in Minnesota, particularly in the safety room, be developed and molded moving forward. It's not earth-shattering. It's not going to make headlines, and, it, and it's probably not going to lead any of the of the sports talk shows out there, and that's fine. It's not that kind of move, but it is the kind of thing that you want to see your staff do. If you can make an improvement, make an improvement, even on the margins, and try and do your best to put your players in a position to best succeed. We're going to be back tomorrow. So much more to talk about. We're going to start our offseason report card series next week as we look at the receiver position. I got to get to scouting those guys, but I'll have plenty of time to do that, and we will talk about players in free agency that they could be looking at where this roster is with players coming back and what to look for in the draft upcoming and that is a great segue to what we're going to be talking about with the Combine. Remember, a lot of the stuff that you're reading now is going to change after the Combine. Guys are not going to perform as well as they should. They're not going to interview as well as they should. Some of them are going to test way better than than we thought they would. And so the rankings are going to change. The mock drafts are going to change. A lot of these discussions will change. So I will try and give you as broad a sense of the receiver class as I can. But I can only watch so many guys. So. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to watch ten or fifteen players anyway. We'll try and get to as many of them as I can, and and I'll give you my evaluations as best I can. As we approach the draft, we can talk about more of them if we have to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up. On the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.